Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And welcome to our season finale episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, Walt, where we talk about Star Trek Picard. Dun, dun, dun. Know, and, it, and it's the, the big season finale, Paul. And, you know, before we get there, we did get some good news this week. Um, that Lower Decks, the new animated series for Star Trek, is apparently on schedule. So, oh. yay for that, you know. Uh, yeah, I heard they were still editing at home on yeah. the Discovery and Lower Decks. And and apparently it's not a thing for them. I know post-production is an issue for Discovery. Uh, I guess those files are bigger. <laughs> they, can't, they can't take those home, maybe. I don't know. But uh, apparently they dismantled the whole Lower Deck server and everybody took, took home their uh, workstations and it's uh, clicking along. So it looks like that's on schedule. Um Less so for Star Trek Discovery, and as a result, sec- the Section 31 show, because it is further on down the line. It was supposed to be in production right now, uh, but because of COVID-19, they are unable to shoot that show, which yeah. I think necessarily will put Star Trek Picard behind. So, you know, as we as we shared yeah. on the last time around, I think it'll be more like April, uh, June july next year before we get the next season of uh, star trek picard i don't know though i mean because picard himself is a synth now so it's not like he can get the covid i think hello. they can still film hello spoilers but, oh they know already <laughs> and if you don't know by the way um i do want to let everyone know that uh, right now cbs all access i think hopefully it's not already over by the time we're recording this podcast is offering a free month f-r-e-e 99 um of uh cbs all access uh, there is a um like a, a code you can use online uh, you know, it was announced between the 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 season finale, or between the the last episode and and this ep- and this episode we're about to talk about. Um, try CBX All Access free for one month. Use code ALL A L L to as in to redeem all access, Paul. As, as in, in all, all access. access, or you can use the code GIFT, and um, you can get it for free until April twenty third. Um, FT or A L L, either one of those codes works. And you can get a free month of CBS All Access and watch all of Picard for about $16 less than it cost Aaron and I. Actually, it cost Aaron more because he pays for the ad-free version. That is correct. And you can you can binge uh, all three all two seasons of uh, USS Discovery, of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know. And we're not sponsored by, by CBS All Access. In fact, I'm, I'm still pissed off that I pay for CBS All Access. <laughs> but... <laughs> You can view them for free. That is correct. While while you're while you're in your uh, your you know while you're while you're home on lockdown, 
you can watch all the tracks that you can fit in in your funk. That's right. So, Paul. Yes, at, sir. At, in Arcadia Ego Part 2, um, you know, I, I, I don't I feel know. like there's a more Latin way to pronounce it, don't you? Like, I, I feel like I'm pronouncing it very... Oh, let very, me get it. Uh, I, can, I can get it more Italian for you. How about that? Hey. Hey, <laughs> bully. Hey. At in Arcadia Ego, eh? Bully. <laughs> hey, you're, you're, you're Canadian Italian? <laughs> hey. Hey, 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 bully. Hey, bully. Yeah. So, yes, part two came out this past Thursday. And I woke um, up at four o'clock in the morning to watch it, Paul. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and did not watch it till later in the evening. Actually, did I even watch it that first day? I did. I believe I did. I wouldn't have gone a full day without seeing it. I I, I got bright, up bright and early. I rolled over, looked at the clock, saw it was 4 a.m., hopped out of bed, ran to the other room to watch some Star Trek. Did Picard eat the cookies you left out for him? I mean, Aaron, with the corona. I mean, yeah, I got the rona, man. <laughs> you got the rona. The rona. Uh, did, did Picard eat the cookies you left out for him? He did. He did. Uh, Picard's been here. Picard's been here. That's exactly the way that was. <laughs> he drank the red wine, the boo, the uh, Bordeaux that uh-huh. you left out, the Bordeaux and yeah, cookies. That's right. I did. I, I left him out a, a, a nice uh, a nice decanter of uh, of wine. I decanted it the night before so it had time to breathe. A nice Bordeaux and some nice bourgeois photos of Aaron. That's right. Left out. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, yes, you know, we, we have gone through each of these episodes in excruciating detail. Uh-huh. I think even one of our reviews mentions that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure that we need to talk about the entire multiple act structure of this episode. Because I feel like all the important stuff happens in the last half. <sighs> Do I agree? Let me think about this. Do I agree? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, because the first, the first, you know, much like most of these two-parters, it really would have worked better as a one-parter with some trimming. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and I feel much the same way about uh, the, the second uh, piece of this season finale. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm going to skip. I think I'm going oh. to skip to... Uh, I. I truly do because I'm, I made notes and I'm looking at, at a lot of it is just kind of bringing us back up to speed as to what where we left at the end of the, the prior episode. You know, we've got Elnor and Seven over at uh, the Artifact Board Cube. You know, we see Narek sneaking aboard. Uh, we see Narek find his sister. Uh, you know, we call her Rizzo. They call her Narissa. Yeah, she asks inappropriate questions about his sex life and, and he says, hey, I've got a big idea. I'm going to put all these hand grenades into a bag and I'm going to run out of here. You stay here and die. So that's the deal he makes with her, right? You know, you stay here, figure out how to turn the board cube on and you die. I'm going to leave. Uh, is a spectacularly bad deal that, 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 that she made there. Um, yeah, but I mean, she agreed to it. It's all her. Did. She did. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Narek shows up over at La Serena, throws some rocks at it after they fix the ship. That would have pissed me off. I don't know why you don't turn your shipboard phasers onto him there. Why you let the, uh, the weird Romulan guy onto your ship. I'll never know. But he, he shows up. Elnor shows up to, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, uh, slice and dice the guy, but they talk him in it down from that. He explains the whole uh, Romulan bad news about uh, sense, you know, the, the story of uh, Seb Shineb, um, and, you know, which is an interesting little story that he tells about the demons and, and uh, 
uh, how they are they are going to bring about the Judgment Day or Ragnarok. Uh, that that uh, uh, he shares that story that we've we've heard bits and pieces of throughout, but he shares that story. Um, Seb Shaneb, otherwise known as the Destroyer, carries a horn from the great pale uh, hell beast called. Let's see if I can get this right. Ganmadan, uh, where when she blows this horn, uh, it will unleash all of these other really bad demons out onto the world. Well, you know, they, they, they believe that Soji is Seb Shaneb, and the horn that she's about to blow is the signal that she wants to send to bring in uh, the artificial superintelligence to save all the synths. Um, meanwhile, back over at, at uh, you know, Club Synth, Gerardi has torn out an eye from poor Saga. You know, remember that she lost one eye already when she was murdered uh, uh, ostensibly by Narek. Uh, and she had that one good eye left, her beautiful eye, as Sung would say. Gerardi tore it out of her head to use it to break into uh, to encrypted items and to uh, liberate Jean-Luc Picard, which she does. She frees Jean-Luc Picard. They run out of there. I guess they somehow miss uh, the crew of the La Serena as Rios and Rafi and Narek all head over to uh, the the colony, the little colony setting of the synths there on Capellius. Uh, so Picard and Soji get over to La Serena and fly off in the La Serena. So they just missed each other as they were, you know, hiking across, uh, across the planet. But they get up into space and there is an exchange here that bothered me a lot. Uh, where uh-huh. <laughs> what it, it is Gerardi telling Picard to make it so when he's about to engage the spaceship engines. I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out a way for that phrase to be anything other than just a wink at the viewer going, hey, you're watching Star Trek. I mean, it, it irritated the living shit out of me. I, there, was, you know, there, there are other moments in the show that are very much fan service that seem organic to the show. This one was so, I mean, it was like the, the both characters looked at the screen and, and went, wink. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> well, and this continues the uh, the whole Gerardi who you know she 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 murdered murdered a guy uh-huh. like she she killed yeah, she just... killed her boyfriend uh-huh. and then slept with a dude the next night. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and you know it, it kind of continues the you know what that wasn't really her and her right mind thing, and you know for me I don't know if. I still struggle with it, and I don't know if that is a poor writing aspect. I don't know if it's a shift in um, creative team somehow. Like, you know, like they decided, no, wait, we can't make her the bad guy because she's too cute and people like her and blah, 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 blah. So we need to to do to end this a little differently for her. Um but it just seems that we've all, but especially once we get to the end of the episode, we've pretty much all but like scrapped the fact that she murdered a dude on that ship in cold blood just because she had a premonition. Like the premonition didn't say kill the dude. She chose to kill him to avoid what happened in the premonition. But it's not like she was mind controlled. And they, they do kind of write it off a little bit as mind control. Rafi at one point says, you weren't in your right mind. It's all good. 
I'm well, like, I don't, mm, I don't disagree nah. that she wasn't in her right mind, but I do feel like there is a great deal of acceptance without without really probing the fact: is she really okay? Can we be safe around yeah. her? Do we really want to li- let the most vulnerable among us be alone in the same room with her? I mean, I think that's crazy. Yeah. Which I, I, goes to earlier in the episode. Oh no, the same. The, the, we're, we're kind of at this point in the episode. Um, oh no, it was last episode where Picard was like alone in sickbay yeah. with her. Yeah, I'll be like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, that seems <laughs> that seems a spectacularly poor choice. You know, yeah. and like I said in, in last week's episode, Picard should have woke up screaming. I mean, that that would have been me. I would I would have just been screaming. That's the Picard scream right there. That is right. That is right. But, you know, she she <laughs> she says make it so to him. And it's so apropos of nothing, you know, because, yes, I understand Picard is the great man. He's the guy everybody knows. He is a he is a living historical figure inside the Federation. But I don't think every we know he said make it so because we watch seven seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? I don't think other people would know that, and so it bugs me that she turns around and just make it so. It really, really bugged me, Paul. It, what I thought was perfect. <laughs> Was, you know, as they're trying to strategize as, you know, the 218 Romulan warbirds arrive, you know, and here's the La Serena, this pitiful little, you know, transport ship. And Picard's trying to figure out what to do. And she's like, well, I, you know, you did that Picard maneuver thing with the USS Enterprise. And, and you know, he gets into a snit and says, well, it was the Stargazer and yada, yada. And I'm like, OK, that that's the perfect moment. That is you letting me know that you as the writer of Star Trek are a fan, that you know these deep cuts, right? But it is organic to the show. That would be something that someone like Gerardi would know if they've watched a documentary on Picard. But I don't think they'd know, make it so. It just <laughs> Every time you say it, you say it with the voice, <laughs> make it so. It just really irritated the shit out of me, Paul. Clearly. But, you know, right, she... She manipulates the little gadget that, uh, I guess it was Saga who gave it to, uh, Rafi and Rios to fix the ship, you know, and it's, it's this, it's this magic tool that will allow, uh, uh, you to fix anything as long as you can imagine it, right? So it, it's, it's almost like a magic wand, right? So Gerardi uses it to broadcast all these multiple images of the La Serena. And the whole time I'm thinking, I would have thought that maybe you'd broadcast other ships, more threatening ships, ships that could actually do damage to these Romulan warbirds. Because let me tell you, the La Serena ain't it. And what I don't understand, and this is one of those things that drives me crazy in superhero shows, drives me, drove me crazy in this episode of Star Trek. I don't understand why people don't act faster. All Commodore O Mm. or General O, so now that she's a Romulan, now that she is outed as a Romulan, All she had to do was just yell open fire the moment she got there, right? And not wait for it. Let's let's absorb the planet. They should have begun (laughs) carpet bombing the planet the moment they came out. And, you know, I would have, if I were in her position, I would have done that immediately. I mean, like, have every single plasma torpedo ready to launch the moment we break out of out of warp because we don't know how much time we have 
right? These are synths trying to to work, and we know that synths can move super fast. We don't have time to fuck around. So why Commodore O comes out of out of warp? And I don't mean to be crass here, but with her thumb up her ass and not really commanding. And then let's also throw in the fact. That not only is space big, space is three-dimensional. Star Trek II taught us that. Why not go around <laughs> you know, the, the, the problematic orchids and the problematic images of La Serena and approach the planet from the other side? You've got 218 ships. Why didn't 109 of them peel off? I don't understand that. I'm going to pause here. Okay. And I'm going to say, just to clarify. Yes. We did enjoy the episode. Yeah, I did. I love this show. Yeah, I love this too. show. But, 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 but we're going to get... pick the shit out of it because there are things that were low-hanging fruit for fixing, and they didn't fix them. Well, and you have to go back to our mission statement. Go back. Go ahead and rewind all the way to the beginning, and we'll tell you it's our job to complain about Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Complain <laughs> about that which we love. That's right. Because I, the, the, this same scene, this whole Picard maneuver scene uh-huh. that we're referring to was a complete waste of time. Oh, yeah. It only lasted about 30 seconds and did nothing. It did nothing. Because basically they, they get shot and all the things disappear. And I'm like, so what was the point in all that? Yeah. It, it just delayed things by about 30 seconds and yeah. wasted, you know, special effects budget. Yeah. Well, and yes, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's like much of this show, there wasn't much of a point to it. Because I, I do feel like a lot of this just delays yeah. getting to the end of the show. Um, I, this should have been, instead of, you know, two 45-ish minute episodes, it probably should have been one 60-minute episode. You know, Th- that's kind of my, my thought. And I hate to be Paul. I hate to be Paul and say, well, they gave me too much show. They really needed to give me less show. Uh, I don't think we needed I, – I think we did actually need one fewer episode in this season. Yeah. But well, I feel like, especially with this two-parter, if it had been tightened up, it would have been yeah, it would have been an amazing. Awesome. Yeah. It would have been amazing. It but you know, been. as a two-parter, I don't know how often I'll revisit this two-parter because it, the the pace to fill an hour and forty-something minutes, yeah, was not you know was not effective. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I I do get proven right here, Paul. And I don't want us to lean away from that about my rightness. Is this between you and I or just in general? Because well, I feel like we were right about everything we predicted for this episode. <laughs> well, I just, I just need to call this out that, yes, Will Riker did find a uniform that fit, that fits him. And he uh, climbed yeah. back in the captain's chair and comes in to save the day. And, and, and either uh, got some hair product or a haircut or something. <laughs> He well, cleaned up. He looked great. He looked great. I mm. loved seeing him on the bridge of that ship. And I got to tell you, 4 a.m. or not, I hooted at the TV when, when he uh, showed up and, and started talking trash to General O. Uh, I, I dug that a great deal. And, you know, when things all settle down, you know, because, you know, there, there's this moment where the Romulans look like they're going to put up a fight. Uh, meanwhile, down on the planet... <clears throat> Rios and Rafi have got their their uh, their secret weapon that they're going to use to disrupt the uh, transmitter. Sung has changed his mind and he's now helping the crew of the La Serena because he found Saga's final memory of when she was murdered, not by Narek, but by Sutra. And that, you know, uh, changed his mind about what they're doing. So he helps and... Uh, 
they 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 deactivate uh, Sutra. You know, it's great that there are remote controls for the androids. You can just turn those motherfuckers off. I think that's great. I need one of those. You know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask why. I want to ask why. I just need when the, when the robots come for me, Paul. I need to have my remote control ready. I'm just saying because you know they're coming. Random robots. You know oh, yeah. they're coming. But uh, <laughs> so Rios throws his you know little detonator device up at the beacon, but Soji catches it and then throws it off in, into the air. So we've wasted all of this time because nothing's going to happen, and she's still transmitting the beacon. And Paul's right because. You know, you had to watch Discovery to know what you were looking at, but Control's tentacles come flailing out of the little aperture that opens up, you know, from wherever you know, Control is. So I've read a number of articles about Picard season finale, and none of them really carve out the fact that that was Control. And I don't know, am I mistaken? Because that sure as shit looked just like Control. No, that or was maybe- Control. Yeah. That was control. And, you know, they don't tell you it's control. You have to have known that it was control. But yeah. it's, it's, it's an Easter egg for you. But here's mm-hmm. my problem with it. Here's my problem with control. Um, just like I was saying before about General O not knowing how much time they had, why doesn't control immediately send something through? Why is it just sending out its tentacles? Doing nothing. Fair it point. spends all this time flopping around in space doing absolutely fuck all why the hell wouldn't it launch a couple of seed probes so that it can you know uh, uh take over the ai of each of the ships that are out there you know like it did in discovery i mean i, I don't under i don't understand that that i mean it's just it's the pacing was so poor uh, that it almost pulled me out of the show because I'm like, why aren't these things moving faster? Why aren't they deadlier? Why aren't they more dangerous? Because control mm-hmm. should have been preparing for this for for over a hundred years, right? Yeah, it's opportunity to come back into the Alpha Quadrant and you know take over. Why why hadn't it done that? I don't understand. And I don't I don't think there'll ever be a, a, an explanation. No, I think it was just an Easter egg. I don't know that we will ever figure out what the hell. You know, I do think it was just an Easter egg. Yeah. I just don't feel like, in terms of a threat, a hole in space with some tentacles squirming out of it is as threatening as, holy shit, stuff is just pouring the fuck out of it. (laughs) You know? Well, you know, the whole. So, for anyone who's listened to our Funny Books podcast, yes, this ended with a giant hole in the sky. Uh huh. With a threat from beyond, just like every Hollywood blockbuster since 2000. That's right. Yeah. 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 But, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think if your visitor is coming and the visitor actually makes it through or an emissary of the visitor, I think that's awfully damn scary. And it wouldn't have taken much more for the Federation ships and the Romulan ships just turn around and just blast the thing down and then Soji closes it out. Right. But I also understand that the VFX budget or the VFX work was still being done less than a week before the show aired, which is why oh. all of the Starfleet ships look exactly the same. <laughs> I did notice that. I mean, because I was like, is that the only ship Star- the, that Starfleet's making anymore, that they found a big, big-ass ship and that's the only one they're going to make? <laughs> Whereas when you think about Deep Space Nine, when they did their big uh, Starfleet battles in the Dominion War – you had every ship imaginable. You know, you had everything we'd ever seen before out there, but I guess they've not produced 
any Starfleet ships, really, uh, for for Star Trek Picard. So they just had the one. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so you know, the the ship that Riker is commanding is the uh, USS Zhenghe. Uh, He is a Chinese mariner, an explorer, a diplomat, fleet admiral, fleet admiral, and court eunuch during China's early Ming dynasty. I did some research there. I thought it might be pertinent. (laughs) (laughs) So we save the day and, uh, uh, Picard starts dying right on, right on schedule. Picard starts dying and, uh, which, yeah. After he, you know, he's on a phone call with Riker. He's like, blah 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 blah. blah. All right, see you later. And then they hang up. And you know, Riker's like, see you later, old friend. And Picard's like, I got gotcha. you. And then he dies. And I'm like, mm, why wouldn't he <laughs> say like, hey, Riker, why don't you beam over here for like 35 seconds? Because yeah. I'm about to die. Yeah. Like in that final moment, the fact that he chose to share that with Gerardi. Instead of Riker, who was literally there, yeah, was it was an odd odd choice for me because he didn't know he was about to be reborn as a synth that looks the exact same and has the same age and the same problems. But <laughs> you know, he didn't know that. He just yeah. assumed this was it, and he chose not to share that with his best friend. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I I agree. I, it, it seemed like you would you would want a lifelong friend present. For you to die, but you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it, I guess it could also it could also speak to the fact that Picard's Picard is still struggling with being warm. That he is maybe he mm-hmm. he would rather just die on the deck of this little ship and not you know have all these people around him. But you know, he didn't. Get I forget. Yes, he did. They did go down, right? He didn't right. die right there. He they did get back to uh, whatever. Yeah, he synth, was he synth. was yeah from Synth Town, Synth, <laughs> synth Town. City. Uh, Westworld. They get back to Westworld. <laughs> uh, you know, they beam down and, you know, Soji and Rafi and Rios and Sung, they're all there. And, uh, you know, Picard dies just as he's just as he says to Rafi that she's right. And, you know, she doesn't know what he what, what he means. But, you know, he he dies. And then yeah. uh, uh, we never find out. Just spoilers. Yeah. No, he never he never and she never asks and he never. <laughs> yeah. Asks. Like after he comes back, like, hey, what was I right about? Yeah. Never asked him. Yeah. Maybe next season. But, uh, you know, as predicted, Picard, you know, doesn't doesn't really die. Uh, we come to and he's in th- this very comfortable, uh, you know, study. Uh, you know, in front of a, a burning hearth with his good friend, Commander Data and Commander, you know, Commander Data is in his nemesis uniform and Picard's there in his comfy Star Trek Picard clothes. And they have this really warm conversation and Data explains, you know, that, uh, you know, his his positronic matrix. Are you there, Paul? Yeah. Okay, it started doing a thing uh, really weird, saying reconnecting. So, did did you have me the whole time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, but you can start over just to be safe. Okay, sorry. So you know, Picard's there in his uh, comfy Star Trek Picard clothes. Commander Data is there in his you know Nemesis uniform clothes, and they're having a conversation. And you know, Picard asks him. He says, "Am I dead?" And you know, Data says, "Yeah, you're dead." And uh, Data then goes on to explain that, you know, his positronic matrix was recreated by Bruce Maddox by a couple of nodes 
uh, I think he said from B4 because he had downloaded his matrix Correct. into B4 uh, before the end of Nemesis. Um, yes. And so that's how that's how you're able to have this conversation with Data. And they, they had this very sort of warm and friendly conversation. And uh, Picard is able to um, apologize that Data had to give his life for his, um, you know, that he had wished that it that it had been otherwise. And you know, Data's like, "Well, why are you why are you worried about that? Don't you know that it was my choice that that I I, I wanted to do that for you?" Yada yada. You know, they they work through all that and. Uh, Data expresses that he's tired of being alive and that he would like to die. Uh, and has a, he asks Picard to euthanize him when he emerges from this state. Um, and the reason why is, you know, that's the, 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 the value of being human is having a mortal finite existence. And I claim bullshit here. I am I, so tired of this trope in fiction that, you know, the thing that makes, that makes humanity worthwhile is the fact that you have a limited time data says, you know, is a butterfly truly a butterfly? If a butterfly doesn't die. Yes. It's a goddamn butterfly. It's pretty. It flies around. It just doesn't have a finite lifespan. And the thing that, that, that bugs the shit out of me is, and that I always want one of these immortal characters to say is that, being being bored with your life is an absence of imagination it's not you know that your life doesn't have value i think there's a tremendous value in an extended life i mean you know we we live in a world where humanity uh is it, it is exceptional for someone to continue being productive past their 80s I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times we remark when someone passes away who's you know in their 80s or 90s, and they were working yesterday. You know, you see that with with film actors who who work right up to the end. Max von Sydow, uh, for, for instance, who recently passed away, worked right up to the end, and I admire the hell out of that because so few humans are productive in their old age. What if you could be productive for 200 years, Paul? What if you could be productive for 300 years? Wouldn't that give your life value? Wouldn't that make your life special? I don't understand the absence of imagination here. I would think that if you're immortal, you could think of any number of ways to make your life more valuable. It surprises the shit out of me that Data doesn't say, can you figure out a way to put me in one of those android bodies you got around? Because that's what I would have requested. Instead of just being locked up in a hard drive, it sure would be nice to be out in the world. <laughs> well, a couple thoughts here. One, it happened because Spiner doesn't want to do data anymore. Sure. You know, he doesn't yep. want to, you know, he's like, I can't play data, but so much, you know, we kept that scene in the dark. It works in short bits, but I'm old. Like right. I can't play data. And I guess so one, there are ways around that. Uh-huh. Right. They've already established that they, you know, they can create synths that are very human like. They can cr- they can make a synth of data that looks like age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right? Um two Data bitching about being immortal is kind of shitty because he's about half the age of Picard at this point, <laughs> right? Like, you know, um, well, or he's even, like, oh, I just want to die. I've lived so long. I just want to die. Picard's like, I'm fucking 92. Yeah. And you were you didn't even exist until I turned 50, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like you've really only lived like 40 years. Like, are you that fucking miserable that you want to die? Yeah. Um, you know, I find it interesting because, uh, you know, this is a – there's a, have you ever seen, watched The Good Place? 
Uh, I know what you're talking about. I haven't watched it. It is absolutely worth watching, and they very much, you know, not to get too spoiler into spoil too much into spoiler territory, but they very much very much ask similar questions, which is, at what point, even in the afterlife, do you feel like there's literally nothing left for me? I have done every possible thing I can ever want to do, and there's nothing left, right? Like, you know, I'm there, even in paradise, I. There, I can think of nothing else to do. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and there is no afterlife to the afterlife. So they, you know, I, th- I thought that, you know, that was a very interesting concept. But thinking, you know, applying that to this same thing, which is essentially what they're doing, you know, very similar thinking, which is data, you know, what is the point of immortality? Um, you know, it, death is what gives life meaning. And while that's certainly not, you know, that 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 is something that the two shows share in common, I feel like it's a bit... In this instance, um, a bit it rank a bit untrue, given the fact that data hasn't been around for hundreds of years. Well, and, I mean, um, and Picard says the same thing, you know, when he is put into the body of the golem, right? And he arrives out, and you know, he he's he's apparently flesh and blood again, uh, you know, and he's talking to him. He's like, "You didn't make me immortal, did you?" And like, "Oh no, you know, we uh, we knew you wouldn't want that." No, Holy no, they shit. said. We were listening, and I'm like, yeah. you, you, you were listening to my private moment with my <laughs> dearest friend? <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. But, you know, I, there is so much in any human life that, you know, we all make choices. And they're good. They're, even if they're the, the best choices, there are still roads you haven't traveled. And an extra 50 100 years, 200 years, you would have the opportunity to explore all those possibilities. And, you know, the fact that, you know, data in living form, right, you know, as a as a as a living, not breathing, but as a living person uh, only got to experience, what, 20 years of being out in the world before he was, yeah. you know, uh, recreated into into, uh, you know, hard drive data. Um I don't understand that other than but don't get me wrong. The, I'd the want to die if all I was is in a, in a hard drive. Sure. But, but you know, if, if the alternative the techn- is no, be real again. Yeah. If they've got the technology to put Picard into a, this Android Gollum thing, they have the technology to put data in one. And I get it. There's a meta reason actor doesn't want to play the character anymore. I just don't understand from the arguments presented why they, why they would hold the positions they hold. And that's what I found frustrating because I truly believe that it's an absence of imagination. Yes. By all means, pull the plug on me. If, uh, you know, I, I can't be productive if I can't move around, if I don't have, you know, my, my words in my mind, absolutely. I want to end my life. Don't think that, you know, if you had productive years ahead of you, why wouldn't you want to explore all there is to explore? Space is big. We've said that all through this podcast. There's all kinds of things to see and do. Yeah. And you're going to run into friends wherever you go because that's Picard's. Hey, Data, don't you want to check out the, uh, you know, the artificial life form, the AI that, you know, almost destroyed the world? Like, yeah, it, it was just, you know, it, again, yeah, let's go figure that it, shit it, out. This was 100 percent a choice of the actor, yeah. not you know, and don't get me wrong, it was a very emotional scene, and I thought oh, it I was the extremely well acted. But the the logic behind it was yeah. not was, it was ineffective. Yeah, it was, 
it was this great opportunity for these two characters to talk. You know, Picard's been talking to Data throughout the show, but it's been a one-sided conversation because it's the data of his imagination, right? And now he actually gets to talk to Data and express his feelings. I think it's a, I, I do. I think it was a great scene. I just don't agree with the logic behind it. I also take a lot of issue with all the opportunity they had with this Gollum thing. And they they put Patrick Stewart back in the exact position Patrick Stewart was in uh, at the beginning of, of, of the season. You know? Uh, they, yeah, they just only, without the brain tumor, right? And that's what yeah. they say. They're like, you're the same age, same health, same whatever, same number of years left in your life yeah. just without the brain tumor. And I'm like, the fuck was the point then? What was the yeah. point in, in even having a brain tumor? You know, well, it, it, you know, as a, as a plot device. Yeah. Why not instead have a synth that could fix him? You know, that there's a like yeah. the cure for uh, uh, Riker's dead kid. Right. You know, the cure was possible in a positronic node. Why not have that be the answer there? There is no point to this whole Gollum situation. I don't understand it. And why you wouldn't. You know, I'm 52. Right. If you could put me in a golem and bring me out, bring me back without bad knees, I'd be all over that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't need I, I don't need to feel my age, you know, and just like Picard, you know, he probably would, would really like to be able to run up some stairs next time he's getting shot yeah. at with Soji, you know, and as opposed and to we being talked a little bit along. about that. Yeah. Right. We talked about that in our last week's episode. That It was a struggle between casting a younger actor or. You know, continuing with the actor that we've known and loved. And, you know, it, it's hard for me to say which one I would have preferred. I, for me, my frustration comes in, in the choice they made was a cop out. Yeah. Um, you know, if they, 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 they chose to bring back to, to create this golem that has, it's essentially just the the same actor in the same physicality, the same whatever. And I'm like, well, why though? Then, then what was the point? Yeah. And that's where my frustration with that particular scene came in. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm I'm happy, again, with the ending. I'm happy with the way it ended. I'm happy with the emotional beats of the episode. I'm, I feel like some choices were artificial because there was really no point to kill Picard in the in this show just to bring him back as the exact two, same person. Two but two later. Yeah. Two, yeah, minutes, two later. minutes later. Right. <laughs> like if he had died at the end of the last episode, let me live with it a minute. Yeah. But it, but it really was like the very next scene. He's back in, yeah, in the I, same, you know, same actor, same everything. I do feel like, you know, I, I, the the quintessential Star Trek cliffhanger is best of both worlds. Part one. And, you know, you, we had a whole summer to go, oh, my God, did they get out of that? What's going to happen? He's shooting on Picard. Is Picard coming back? You know, Picard is Locutus. Because, you know, there was there was all that conversation back then, you know, all pre-internet about, you know, God, you know, Picard's, uh, is Patrick Stewart coming back to the show? Is he going to be gone? Is it going to be Captain Riker from now on? They really should have done something at the end of part one of At In Arcadia Ego with give us some kind of cliffhanger to bring us back other than, well, we got a bunch of unresolved stuff that we're going to have to resolve next time, as opposed to looking down the barrel of 218 warbirds on the screen versus bringing them into the show this t- this episode and then shutting it down. I mean, there, yeah. there just wasn't enough tension at the end of episode one, which, again, I think we'd have been better off with a 60-minute episode rather than two 45-minute episodes. 
Well, and I think maybe that's part of my issue with this episode um, or these episodes uh, is that for everything that the show did right um, emotionally, there was zero tension throughout any of these episodes. At no point did the characters feel in danger. Um, You know, yes, Picard died, but for me, like – the show's fucking called Picard, and they already said it's going to be back for another season. So well, there, I, there's no there's no suspense there. I think that one of the ways they could have built suspense, because the minute they showed me the golem and said, oh, yeah, I'm building a thing that I can put my my, my mind into because I, I got a health condition. The minute they showed me that, you knew that Picard had a, an escape boat, right? He had a lifeboat. Yeah. Um, I think you could have handled that two different ways. I think one could have been that uh you don't explain it you just show it and you know uh sung just says oh yeah that's a project i'm working on it's a personal project and that's all you say and then you can you know re- demonstrate that that's the salvation after picard dies right you, you you've shown it you just didn't explain what it was or you show it as they did and then have the golem destroyed you know, during, you know, an Android fight or something, have it destroyed so that you're going, good, you know, how are we going to say Picard now? Picard dies. And, you know, it's some sort it, it then winds up being a heroic Android surgical feat. But I, I, I think that would have heightened some of that drama, but there's not a moment that Picard's dying yeah. that I'm like, well, he's coming back. I mean, they've still got time in this episode. You know, <laughs> yeah, of course he's coming back. And, you know, the, they, they end the show with Picard and everybody on the La Serena, including Seven, who apparently has a thing going now with Rafi. That seemed like a very intimate uh, sort of contact that we see. Yeah. So I found that. So, you know, you know, we show we see the entire crew of the, the La Serena and they show um, Captain Rios and Gerardi getting chummy on the bridge, which has been established. I, I still don't really buy it from a, a connection standpoint, why it was anything more than a one night stand, but whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden you see Rafi and Seven of Nine like doing finger touching yeah. <laughs> let me let me clarify they were um you know they were like holding hands like flirtatiously yeah yeah um i don't get that like, you have flirtatious scene but like i don't like touch hands with people well first of all i don't do it at all right now um but <laughs> you know i don't i don't t- you know you don't really touch hands with people like that quickly so it, you know it, it is it seemed to establish this relationship super fast i'm like whoa 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 like I have no problem with it. Had there been a buildup to it, perhaps they could have like exchanged a, a glance at each other. But the fact that they're at physical contact already seemed a bit like excessive to me for that final sequence. Yeah, yeah, and I don't understand why that's. Necessary it didn't seem to tell us. I don't know why they needed to tell us that. Can't, couldn't that just be something we discover next season? I mean, are, are they expecting that I'm going to go? Yeah, I mean, after they've had here. some time. Yeah, are they expecting that you know the viewers are going? Well, I can't wait to see Rafi and Seven get it on. Because let me tell you, I'm not interested in seeing that. Because Rafi doesn't do it for me at all. <laughs> I was about to say I'm interested in one half of that. Yeah, but, I'm you not know. interested in the Rafi part. Because you know, <laughs> you know, maybe Seven will have her eat a couple of dinners, and you know, Rafi will fill out. But whew, you know, she needs <laughs> no, to eat a burger. Not, not Aaron's thing. Yeah, really not. So we've got the new crew of the La Serena. We've got Picard. We've got We've got Gerardi, we've got um, Rios, we've got Rafi, we've got Seven, and we've got Elnor as the new crew. And, you know, they just left Soong on the planet. Like, fuck well, you, man. I'm sorry. I'm gonna take your golem, and you're going to die. What about Narek? 
Oh yeah, what yeah. about Narek? I mean, is he? Did he get? You know, did they send him home with the Roms? Did they beam him up to a Starfleet ship? You know, where the fuck's Narek? He just, just kind of disappeared. Yeah. And what exactly are they going to do now? I mean, are they going to you know enlist with the Fenris Rangers? What are they going to do? And if I never get to see uh, Picard's Romulan caretakers, I'm going to be really pissed because. Far and away, favorite characters in the show. In the entire season, favorite characters. I love those guys. So, a couple. So, they did say that they were, they they didn't expect those characters to be so popular. And so, they will, you know, be returning next season, assuming the actors are available. Mm -hmm. Um, They're they're certainly in the plan to return next season. But I will tell you, coming through episode 10 of Star Trek Picard, I was reminded. God damn! Why didn't they keep these characters in the show? Because they, they, they would have. There was no reason for them not to be in the show, given their connection to the Tal Shiar, uh-huh. the Zod Vash, uh-huh. Romulans. Yeah. They, they really were. They would have been more important and interesting to the show than Elnor was. Because uh-huh. um, you know, I believe Elnor was their Romulan connection on the bridge, but the other two characters would have frankly been a lot more interesting emotional and uh connected to the story and had the same impact as far as you know they're badass also yep. so i yep. found that you know it's it's interesting that they were just sidelined for yeah yeah you know, we, we we've said this a number of times over the last 10 weeks which is why did they do that why couldn't they yeah. do that it seems like it, you know that's an odd choice and you know the, the season finale didn't you know, had all of those frustrations, but still somehow managed to land the emotional beats to be a successful um, conclusion, at least for me. Uh, but to your point, with the conc- with that episode ending, I don't, you know, I, with with them saying Picard is planned for, for two or three years. They say they have Patrick Stewart for at least one more year, which is kind of ominous, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know. But if they, would they, if they have a plan for the series. I don't know what the plan is because everything was concluded in the end of this ep- in the end of this episode. They seem to suggest that the three season arc is a trilogy, and I'm like, maybe it, maybe the trilogy is themes and not necessarily story. I don't get it. I don't get it. But you know, we've only seen the first part of it. You would think in a typical three act structure. We'd under we'd understand what we're being led into, and if if the 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 issue is just that they're leading us into uh, you know a, a, the 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 redefinition of humanity, um, I think you can do that in one season. It doesn't take three seasons to do that. So, well, I, you know, we we've spent most of this episode bitching about Star Trek Picard. I really enjoyed the season. I mostly enjoyed this episode. I was thrilled that we got to see Riker one more time. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next season. I'm looking forward to Lower Decks. I'm looking forward to Disco- look, looking forward to Discovery Season 3. I'm in particular looking forward to all the, the two new uh, series announcements that are due. And, Paul, I'm really looking forward to people to call us at the uh, Ideology of Madness hotline at 972-763-5903. That number, once again... 972-763-5903 and if we use your voicemail on the show you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on our social media channels, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Excellent. We will see you next time right here on IOMGeek.com. Catch you next time.
Catch you later. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by... Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 